When our family goes on vacation, we always take along with us some cards to throw down and play some cutthroat Shanghai rummy or hearts or spades or whatever we want to play. But we also always take along with us a board puzzle to open up and lay out on a table somewhere so that we'll have something to do to kill the time in between activities or whatever it is we're doing. Sometimes on vacation when it's rainy outside and nobody wants to go anywhere and do anything, you spend a lot more time working on the puzzle, trying to put the pieces together. Have you put one together before? Usually you start with the border and and try to get the straight pieces along the outside, but then you start to fit together all of the pieces on the inside. And it may be that you try to do a small portion of it, a particular object in the puzzle, and then you put those different objects together in their right place and connect them all together. But what happens? On our vacation, as the week unfolds, if, if we worked on it enough, a picture starts to develop, and it unfolds right there before us on the table. And all of the pieces come together to, to fill in all the gaps and all the blank spaces to make it colorful and beautiful and smooth. And it's, it's exciting at the end. It always is because uh, you, the closer you get to the end, it seems like the more people uh, want to get involved. Uh, some members of the family, and I won't name any names in mine, but they don't work all week on it. But when it comes down to the last 10 or 15 pieces, oh, they want to jump up and they want to get in on it. They want to put a piece into the puzzle. And so everybody gathers around and you, you get 15 and you start to fit them in and it's down to 10 and there's more excitement. And then, then you get down to about five pieces left and, and they start to fill in the, the final gaps of the whole thing and and they get down to the last two pieces, and nobody can find them. Isn't that frustrating? So they start looking under the chairs and even in the couches around everywhere, trying to find those two missing pieces. They don't know that I've got them in my pocket. That's always fun. And then finally pull them out, and you get to put in the last piece. It's satisfaction. It's beauty to see all your work make a complete picture. And that's what Paul's talking about in this letter that he wrote to the church in Corinth. That when we are the body of Christ, we are the complete picture of who it is that God calls us to be as the church. And all the pieces together look much more beautiful than just parts of us together. And I want to talk about today, I want to talk about the church and and the importance of us fitting together and being the fullness of Christ here and now. And as I said, I want to do that with our mission statement. So grab your bulletin. Did you get a bulletin coming in today? Grab your bulletin. Whether you know it or not, our mission statement points us to what it means to be the church. It's at the top of your bulletin each and every week. Do you see it under November 3, 2019? Yeah, let's let's, uh, join together reading it. Are you ready? Our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world through worship, small groups, and service. There you have it. Those ways in which we connect together and God knits us together beautifully so that we can be the full representation of His body, His Son Jesus, to one another, to the community, and to the world. 
Now, I wasn't around when this church sanctuary was built. Actually, I was just being born. I'm the same age as this place where we worship every Sunday. Isn't that fascinating? I won't tell you how old that is. And I'm sure that some of you were around when decisions were made about this church and about the sanctuary being made. And I don't know what the story is, but I hope that somebody will tell it to me maybe later this week about the big, beautiful Jesus picture window that faces Pleasant Garden Road and the elementary school and the whole community that is front and center out in front of the church. There's a picture of it. It's a, a beautiful glass window, and it shows Jesus' posture to the world, which is what? Come, come to me, all of you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come, and I will save you of your sins and give to you the gift of life. That, Paul says, is what the church is supposed to be, the embodiment of Christ to the world. And so we're called to do that. Do we do it? Not every day. I want to share uh, three quick things this morning that remind us what it means to be the church and about our place in it, our purpose in it. Think of yourself as a puzzle piece of this, this place, Pleasant Garden United Methodist Church, and a small puzzle piece of the bigger church of Jesus Christ that is around the world. One of the things that we need to, to hear today is that we need to recognize our purpose of being here. Of the three R's, there is the first R, and that is to recognize our purpose. There's a puzzle of a body. Our purpose in being the body of Christ is to be the body of Christ to the world. A lot of times we get off track, don't we, in our purpose and meaning in life, whether it's our job or our role in a family. Maybe it's a place we have in an organization of leadership that we're, we have a particular role or place in. It's easy to get off track, to lose focus about what it is that we're supposed to be about in that role. Some days I don't do a very good role of being a dad. I know what I want to be as a dad. I know what I'm supposed to be as a dad. But I don't keep in touch with my kids like I ought to. Same as, as a pastor, same as a husband, same as a son to my parents. All of us get off track and lose our focus of being what it is that we're supposed to be. And that's what Paul went into with this church in Corinth. He founded it about the year 50, 51 A.D. He set up a congregation there with the key leadership of two people, Asilla and Priscilla and Aquila, and helped to disciple folks in that community and grew the church in the believers of Jesus Christ. He stayed there 18 months teaching, preaching, baptizing people, developing leaders like those two folks, that Jewish Christian couple, and then he set them on a course to go and, and light the world. Where did he get that, that purpose for their church from? Well, he got it where we get it from, from Jesus' great commission to all the, the disciples to go out into the world, to tell everyone about who I am, tell them about what I've taught, baptize them in my name, make disciples. And so ever since then, for 2,000-plus years, the church's purpose is plain and simple to make disciples for Jesus Christ. 
Isn't that the first part of our mission statement? It is. Don't take my word for it. The bulletin, the top of it. Our purpose is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And so, Jesus Christ and, and being about Him in all that we do and all that we say and all the ways that we live out our faith and our community together is important, solely important to be focused upon. He calls us to do that, and we need to recognize that today. So often churches can, can get off track and become about something so much more, the social aspect of just getting together in friendships. And that's important, but it's, it's not the bottom line. Or maybe just about following rules and, and religious law, and that, and that alone can, can bind people up but give us guidance and definition as a people. But it's not the bottom line of the church. The bottom line of the church is to glorify Jesus and to make followers and disciples of him and to do that of one another to do that of our kids as sherry was talking about with the bibles today to do that with folks in the community that don't yet know god and his beautiful dying love for us them and the entire world our mission here our purpose for being here not just on sundays but for our existence is not just to make you feel better it's not just to give me or others that work in the church a job. It's not just for us to toot our own horn and to feel good about making a difference in the world. It's about making disciples of one another and of others in Jesus' name. He is the one that deserves us to do just that. He was the Son of God, and that lifts him up above all of us and all things, all petty differences we have whether we are slaves or free or, or Jews or Greeks, whether we're Duke fans or Carolina fans or Wake Forest fans, it matters not because making disciples for Jesus and lifting his name above all other names is what we are called to do and why we are here. And if we will stay focused on that, we will complete the picture and stay focused on being what. God intends for us to be. The second R I want to mention this morning is to reflect upon your place, your role in the life of the church. In this church, what is your place? I'm not talking about just where you want your place to be or what you like to do or where you feel comfortable, but where is it that you need to be living out your faith and helping in disciple-making? I want you during the month to please join me in praying about God speaking to you about where he would have you to serve in this church to make us more completely the body of Christ. There's a lot of different ways that that could unfold. But if you will pray that prayer and listen to, to what it is that he has for you to hear, if you'll listen to my messages, and my, my sermons, if you will, Read your Bible and, and do daily devotional. God will perk your ears up and help you to listen and help you to better clarify where the need is for your place to be in the church for your puzzle piece to help complete the picture. We'll be talking about those things that connect us together that are important and valuable, valuable faith practices of worship and 
service and discipleship, growing in our understanding and our belief in God. But it's going to take all of us to do some self-examination and some listening to God, not just presupposing and doing what it is that we like to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? With humility, recognize that Christ is above all of us. And start now reflecting upon and praying about what your role would be to make our church all that God desires for us to be. Well, the final R that I want to mention this morning is that having done that through this month, I would invite all of you to be ready to respond to what it is that God calls you to do, where Jesus calls you to go, and in what ways he asks you to fulfill the roles and the parts of his body to our community and to the world. Because God can speak all that God will. I can preach all that I want to. You can hear all of the the ideas for the church, but if you're not willing and open to responding, to hearing his call and saying, yes, Lord, then we're not going to become any better than we already are. I want you to know that I have great hopes and dreams for this church, for for a better tomorrow, for a greater thing that would go on, a bigger impact in the community, more people to be a part of it, more kids running around and being discipled and made in the image of Christ. I have great dreams, and so do you as well for this church. How are we going to fulfill those? Is it just simply by putting the right people in the right leadership roles? Well, no, it's going to do with faith, plain and simple. Do we have faith to believe that God is going to transform us and make us into something greater tomorrow than we are today? Do you have the faith to believe that? I know you have prayed for that in this church. Some of you have. I know I have, and I believe that it will come to pass. But it takes a matter of of faith, of stepping out, of saying, Lord, That may be something that I'm not altogether comfortable with. That may be a sacrifice I'm not willing to make because I don't want to let go of that in my life right now. But if we all have the faith to do it, and if we all believe it, God will use it for his glory and to complete his picture in us. Rick Warren, a a great church leader in America and uh, soon to retire from ministry, Uh, in his church in California, has what he calls um, a great equation. I've shared it with you before. And he says, any church that wants to become great, the fullness of what Jesus calls them to, it will require that, that they follow the great commandment, which is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself, and the great commission, which is what I was sharing with you, about what Paul was following, where Jesus said, go into all the world and teach people about me. Tell them who I am and baptize them in my name. A great focus on the great commission of the church and the great commandments of Jesus will equal an equation, a great church. Because the focus of what we are called to be is about him and only him. No matter what it is that... that you may have in mind or in store for this church in your thinking, check it with God. Ask, listen, 
study, pray about it. We're starting a prayer group this Thursday. It's in the bulletin. Come and pray for your church. During the month of November, pray for how it is that God is, is calling you to do a new thing in faith, to step up your commitment and to step out for, for this church and really for the community we live in in the world because that is the difference that will be felt when we come together to do a great thing, a God thing in Jesus' name. We can have all kinds of excuses and we can have all kinds of inconveniences that will keep us from doing God's bidding and Jesus' calling. But if we truly believe what we purport to believe, that the church of Jesus Christ is his body and not ours, then we will say, yes, Lord, even when it makes no sense. I just know that, that great things require great commitment and they require great faith on behalf of the believer. And without either of those, we're dead. We may be what it is that we are now, and we may just slowly dwindle and die out over time, but God has a greater future and a greater purpose in store for his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven and for your place in it here and for our place in it in the larger church of Jesus Christ. How is it that we could be more, more purposeful and more focused and successful in, in the days to come? Well, this morning I want us to, uh, to pray as I conclude and, and ask God to just speak to us and help us reflect upon where it is that we are as a congregation and where it is He's calling us to go and how it is that He's pressing us. Maybe He'll speak to us if we're listening.